However, we are in week number two of a series that we started last week called The Christian Walk. And you probably already know this, but if you don't, you're going to be enlightened this morning, that you can learn a lot about someone simply by looking at the way that they walk. Now, right now, I'm just talking physically. For example, if someone is staggering around, stumbling around, they're, they're probably intoxicated. They're for sure not sober. Um, if someone is walking with a limp, they are probably experiencing some pain. Maybe a, a hurt foot. Maybe something is, is strained or sprained or, or tight or pulled or just aches. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. Just something's not right. If someone's walking with a walker, or a cane, there's a good chance that they probably have some hip problems or, or some lower back issues or just something that is ailing them. If someone is walking and they're constantly looking over their shoulder, there's a good chance that someone is following them or chasing them or at a minimum, they, they believe that someone is chasing them or someone is following them. And also, with the same measuring um, idea, you can look at someone who's walking upright and steadily and, and got a good pace about them. There's a good chance that they're probably a healthy person. My point is, just by watching people walk, you can learn a lot about them. And I believe the same can be said when it comes to our Christian walk, that we can actually learn a lot about ourselves simply by looking at our Walk. Now, when I talk about our Christian walk this morning, I'm not talking about measuring it by a physical act of walking. I believe that our walk with God is measured by our level of obedience to His Word. As a matter of fact, you can say it like this, that the health of your walk with God, this is going to be one of those messages that's a, it's a gotcha message. It's going to be one of those that's like, oh, Wow. <laughs> but it's something that we all need to hear. Look at this. The health of your walk with God, go back please. The health of your walk with God is determined by the level of your obedience to his word. You want to know how healthy your walk with God is? Well, simply look at your level of obedience to his word. Because the level of your obedience to his word is going to determine the health of your walk with God. Now, when I talk about being obedient to his word, I'm not just talking about your obedience to reading his word. That's good. That's a start. But I'm talking this morning about your level of obedience to do, everybody say do, to do what his word says to do. Just do it, if you will. Somebody should coin that phrase and market it. Uh, go with me this morning to the book of James, chapter number 1. And uh, we're going to begin reading in verse number 19 as we continue this series, The Christian Walk, or you could say, My Walk with God, or um, My Walk of Faith. A lot of times our relationship with God is compared to a walk. Walk of faith. I'm sure many of you have heard this phrase before. And I believe that the Apostle James gives us a lot of insight on gauging or measuring um, the health of our walk with God and what that should look like and if we are indeed walking healthily in our relationship with God. Look at verse number 19, James chapter 1. He says this, Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters, you must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to get angry. 
Human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. So get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the word that God has planted in your hearts. For it, that word it is very important. What does the word it refer to? The word of God. For it, the word of God has the power to do what? To save your soul. Now, I know that it's been seven days since I spoke to you last, but I believe that, that you guys have an awesome memory, so you're going to remember this. But for some people who, who don't, let me uh, call your attention back to one of the points that I made last week. And that is that we are a spiritual being. We were created in the image of God. God is a spirit. We were made in His likeness, not physically, but spiritually. We are spiritual beings. And I taught you last week that our Christian walk begins the moment that we get saved. That's when your Christian walk begins. But when we get saved, the only thing about us that gets made new is our spirit. That's the only part of us that gets saved the moment that we accept Jesus. Our body doesn't get saved. You still have moles, freckles, scars. You still have impairments, ailments, aches. Your body doesn't get saved. Amen? <laughs> your soul does not get saved. What is your soul? Your soul is comprised of your mind, your will, your emotions. Uh, some people say your conscience. Some people will say your feelings are included in that. A lot of people will summarize your soul as your personality. Your mind, your will, and emotions. How many realize that when you get saved, that your emotions don't get saved right off the bat? Things that hurt your feelings before still hurt your feelings. Your thoughts do not change. Your feelings still get hurt. You still get offended. You still get upset. So your soul doesn't get saved. The only part about you that gets saved at salvation is your spirit. But yet the Apostle James says that if we will learn to accept, humbly accept, I like that, Humbly accept God's word in our hearts, it, will, it has the power to save what? Your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions, your feelings, your conscience. It has the power to do that. That, my friends, is where freedom begins. Really, this series is about your, your, walk, your, your walk to freedom. God saves you just like he raised Lazarus from the dead, but he was still a dead man that was wrapped in grave clothes. He still had to be set free. God saves us. Our spiritual man is, is made brand new. But now there's a journey of freedom that begins to where we begin to walk in the, in the things of the Lord. We begin to obey His Word. And as we do that, our soul begins to be saved. We, it's, a, it's a walk of sanctification, if you will. It's, sanctification is setting yourself apart for the work of God. It's a, it's a, it's a journey of holiness. It's a journey, you could say it like this, a journey of obedience. It's a journey of, of freedom. Let's keep reading in, J in James chapter 1, verse 22. He says this, he says, but don't just listen to God's word, or you could, you could substitute the word uh, listen with read. Don't just read God's word. Don't just listen to it. You must do what it says. Now these, these words are highlighted for a reason. I want you to, to get these. Otherwise, what does otherwise refer to? If, if you're reading it and not doing what it says, you are only fooling yourself. For if you listen to the Word, or if you read the Word and you don't obey it, it's like looking at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, you walk away, and you forget what you look like. But 
If you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, he's referring to the Word of God there. If you look carefully into the Word of God, and if you do what it says to do, and don't forget what you just read or what you just heard, then God will bless you for doing what? For doing it. Doing what you just read. Are y'all following me? This is an, an if-then statement. This is a conditional statement. If you do this, then... This is what will happen. God will bless you if you will read the Word and do what it says to do. I believe that James here makes it very clear that those who have a genuine faith, those who are truly trusting in Jesus, will make every effort to do what the Word says to do. Let me say that again. I believe that what the writer James is here is saying that those who have genuine faith... Those who are truly trusting in Jesus as their Savior and their Lord will make every effort, this doesn't mean that we always get it right, but we will make every effort to do what the Word says to do. Not just to be an expert in reading the Word of God, not just to be diligent in our Bible studies each morning, but to do what it says. Matter of fact, you could say it like this, that to believe is to act on what you hear. To believe. How many has ever, you've heard, I know you've heard me say this, so please, when I say, have you heard this, please raise your hand. Uh, how many has ever heard me say that belief is an action word? You can't, you can't just say, yeah, I'm a Christian, or yeah, I, I believe. Believe is an action word, so to believe is to act on what you hear. There's another statement that I've made several times over the course of the last two or three years probably, and I find it very fitting to make this statement again today. And it's this, that I am deeply concerned for the state of Christianity today. Deeply concerned for the state of Christianity. We, ha we have people in churches all over the, the nation today, probably all over the world, who claim to be Christians, yet their lives look no different than people who don't claim to be Christians. In other words, their lifestyle looks just like the people that are in the world. They still uh, have the same speech. They still go to the same places. They still act in the same manner. They still watch the same movies. They still listen to the same songs. They still engage in the same sins of sexual immorality. And here's the big part, with no desire to change. They have no desire to change. And when they're exposed to Scripture that is contradicting their lifestyle, they'll either ignore it, argue against it, or say, that doesn't apply to me because I'm under grace. And really what they're doing is they're trying to change the culture of Christianity. And instead of changing their lifestyle to fit what the Bible says... They try to change what the Bible says to fit their lifestyle. It's, it's like mixing standards. It's like, here's God's standards, and they see God's standards, and then they see their way of living, and they're like, eh, I don't know about that. So instead of changing their lifestyle to fit God's standards, they will mix their standards, what they believe is right and wrong, or what culture says about is right or wrong, 
What the media says or Hollywood says is right or wrong and they will mix that with God's standards and they will try to modify what God's word says to fit their way of living. Look again at what James says in verse number 19 of chapter 1. He says, understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. In other words, he's saying, get this. You better pay attention. Understand this. You must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. I believe that this was a nice way of saying, sit down and shut up. You are not going to change the Word of God. But if you'll listen to the Word and pay attention and humbly uh, once again, that word's key. You're going to have to admit, okay, my way of living is not right. I'm going to accept the Word of God. He says, if you'll accept the Word of God, it will change you. It will do something in your life. Then he goes on to say, human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. You, now, I know that you could take this in a different context, but let's keep it in the context of what I'm trying to teach you in this series about the Christian walk. You, you can read the Word of God and you can get upset, you can get offended because it doesn't agree with your lifestyle. But James is saying here, you better listen. You better be quick to listen and slow to speak and don't get upset. It's not going to do you any good to get upset at the Word here. Ignoring it or arguing against God's Word isn't going to do you any good. But here's what will do you some good. Humbly accept the Word of God and do what it says. Why? Because it has the power to save your soul. You need to know that. It has the power to bring about change. It has the power to bring about freedom. That's what this series is about. It has the power, the Word of God has the power, accepting the Word of God, doing the Word of God, obeying the Word of God, has the power to bring blessing and favor into your life. James is saying here, I want you to look at the Word, and if you are a true believer then you are going to do what it says to do. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. That's what he says. In other words, if you think, listen, if you think that you're a Christian and you don't make an effort to do what the Word of God says to do, then you're not a Christian at all. In fact, you're a fool. Come on, somebody. I know you're quiet, but I'm just teaching you the Word. That's what the Word says. James is saying there, if you, if you look at the, the Word of God and you're, you're not doing it, you are only fooling yourself. In other words, if you call yourself a Christian, but when you look at the Word of God and you see what it says to do and you don't make every effort within yourself to do it, then you are fooling yourself. You're not a Christian at all. He says you're a, a fool. Nobody wants to be a fool. The Bible here is saying you're foolish if this is what you do. Many so-called Christians today will bounce around from church to church look, looking for preachers who will tell them what they want to hear. The Bible calls that having itching ears. There's, a, there's an itch that needs to be scratched. And I want to bounce around and I want to find me a preacher. I want to find me a church who will scratch that itch. In other words, there are so-called Christians who will bounce around looking for churches who will teach in such a way that will affirm their lifestyle. Or at, at least, uh, uh, they'll, they'll want to find a church that will not take a strong stand on controversial issues such as homosexuality, or abortion, or gender identity. Because after all, we don't want to 
We don't want to offend anyone. We don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. And I can tell you this, that at the root of those type of churches are pastors and leaders who are more concerned about having a large church than they are about teaching the truth of God's Word. I'm, not trying to, I'm just trying to tell you, if you find you a church that will not take a stand and they will not stand up for what the Word of God says on very controversial issues, then they're, too, they're more concerned with church attendance and building a large church than they are teaching the truth of God's Word. And it's no wonder we have churches today who are full of people who look no different than the world. It's because the Bible says you'll know the truth and the truth will do what? It'll set you free. But if we're going to churches that aren't preaching the truth or we're following preachers and teachers who aren't teaching the full gospel, they're not teaching the full truth, then people aren't hearing the full truth. And if they're not hearing the full truth, they're not going to be obeying the full truth. And if they're not obeying the full truth, they're not going to be walking in freedom. They're still going to look just like the world. James chapter 2, he goes on to say this in verse 21. He says, Don't you remember that our ancestor Abraham was shown to be right with God by his actions when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see, watch this very carefully, his faith and his actions worked together. His actions made his faith complete. Your, your actions and your faith, they work together. You can't just say, yes, I believe. You can't just say, yes, I'm a Christian. There has to be supportive evidence. There has to be actions. Or you could say it like this, there has to be obedience. Your obedience to God's Word is the only proof of your love for Him. That's the next slide, please. Your obedience to God's Word is the only proof of your love for Him. I want you to look at that. Your, your obedience to God's Word is your only proof of your love for Him. It, people say, oh yeah, I love the Lord. How do you prove that? Did you know that my proof to... Uh, that I love my wife is not just to tell her. But my proof is to show her through actions and specifically when it comes to obedience by obeying the vows that I made to her at the altar almost 22 years ago. Hello. That I'm going to love you in good times and in bad times. I'll be faithful and true to you for the rest of your life and richer for poor, sickness and in health till death do us part. If I'm going to prove my love to her, the only way I prove that is through obeying those vows that I made. The way that we prove that you love the Lord is by obeying His Word, by obeying His commands. Remember, once again, we're talking about the Christian walk. And as we learned last week, that begins the moment that we get saved. It's a, it's, a, it's a journey. Yes, we're saved. Our spirit is made new. But the way that we get our mind, our will, our emotions saved, the way that we walk in freedom is by... Walking in obedience. And that obedience not only brings glory and honor to God, but it brings blessings and favor into our life. I'm going to prove this to you. Look at, look at James 1.25. We read this a while ago. He says this. He says, if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, once again, that's the Word of God, 
If you'll look carefully into the Word of God, and if you will do what it says, and not forget what you heard, then here's what God's going to do. He's going to bless you for doing it. Doing what? Doing what the Word says to do. The Apostle Paul is connecting our obedience with God's blessings. Do you see this? He's connecting our obedience with God's blessings. The Apostle Peter shares the, the, a very similar uh, stance. Look at 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 10. He says this, and I think this, this first sentence applies to everyone in this room today. He says, if you want to enjoy life and see many happy days, how many, that's, that's me, I want to enjoy life, and I want to see many happy days. Once again, this is a conditional statement. Anytime you see the word if and then, then, that is a conditional statement. Which means the then doesn't come until the if happens. Okay? If you want to enjoy life, that's me. If you want to see many happy days, that's me. Then here's what you need to do. <laughs> you need to keep your tongue from speaking evil and your lips from telling lies. Turn away from evil and do good. Well, Scott, it's not me. I don't lie. I don't say these things. It's my husband that I have to live with. He is difficult. Well, look what the Word says here. Search for peace and work to maintain it. The eyes of the Lord are watching over those who do right. Those who walk in integrity. Those who do what the Word of God says to do. And his ears are open unto their prayers. Remember a couple weeks ago when I talked to you about hindrances of our prayers? Look what he says here. But the Lord turns his face against those who do evil. Watch this. You need to write this down and don't miss this. Provision follows obedience. Provision follows Obedience. The provision of God generally follows the obedience to God. Now this is, this is a challenge for most of us in this room today because we want it to happen the other way around, don't we? We, we want God to bless us and then we'll obey. Let, let, me, let me give you some practical um, examples of this. God, if, if you will bless me with a job where I make a lot more money, then I will be faithful by giving my 10%. I'm just giving you practical examples. God, if you'll do this, then I will do this. God, if you'll heal, heal my marriage then I'll become more faithful to reading, the word of, uh, reading your Word. God, if you'll bless me with children, I promise I'll make church a priority. Man, I could really talk about this one. I have seen this, and I'm probably meddling now, but that's okay. I have seen this over and over and over and over. People, people they want kids, they want kids, want kids, then God blesses them with a child. And... They just fall out of church. There's always an excuse why I can't come. Well, the first week, you know, I just had a baby just last week. I can't come this week. Can't come next week because, you know, it's flu season and I don't want to get the baby out for a couple of weeks. 
Fourth week, you know, well, you know, he just wasn't filled. We had a rough night. <laughs> I know I'm hitting home, okay, but it, you, can, you can just sit there and absorb it because it's the truth. We didn't really feel like coming this morning because, you know, we were up all night with the baby. The next thing you know, six, seven months has gone by, they've fallen completely out of church. Now, let me just say this, and I'm not, I'm not trying to brag on my wife or my family. I'm just trying to state a fact here. Both of my children were born in the latter part of the week. My son was born on a Wednesday. My daughter was born on a Thursday. The whole family was in church the following Sunday and never missed. Now, there were exceptions. I mean, if there was like dead dog sickness that's going on, we missed. But my point is, is that we made church a priority. See, so many times we want, we want God to bless us before we obey. If you really want God to bless you, then you need to walk in obedience. You need to make church a priority to, today. You need to make reading the Word of God a priority today. You, you need to make a, you know, a prayer life a priority today. If you want the blessings of God, if you want to walk in freedom, you have to start obeying the Word of God because His provision follows obedience. Come on, if you're going to clap, clap. Don't just golf clap. <laughs> uh. God calls us to a completely different perspective. I love this quote by pastor author Talbot Davis. He says this, When we obey God, especially in radical counterintuitive ways, then God's provision flows in our lives. When we obey God, His provision flows in our lives. When, when preceded by risk-taking faith, God's supply outpaces our demand in every surprising way. In other words, when we put God first, the, the supply will always outpace the demand because we're walking in obedience. My question to you this morning is, are you walking in obedience to God's Word? That's my question. Are you walking in obedience to God's Word? And if you're quick to answer this morning, well, yes, absolutely, I'm walking in obedience to God's Word. I'm walking in obedience to God's commands. My second question, my follow-up question would be, how do you know that? How do you know that? How do you know you're walking in God's commands if you don't read His Word? How do we know we're walking in those commands if we, if we don't know what those commands are? Well, pastor, I know what those commands are. We're not supposed to commit adultery. We're not supposed to steal. Uh, we're not supposed to kill. I haven't done any of those. So it's obvious that I am walking in obedience to the commands of the Lord. Let me just say this, and I'm, I, I'm not trying to be offensive, I'm not trying to be rude, but if that is the only commands or instructions that you know that are in the Word of God, then your relationship with Jesus is extremely shallow. Because the Word of God is filled with instructions and commands that we are to obey and walk in. Let me share with you a few. Now, these aren't on the screen. You're just going to have to keep up because there's tons of them. Just read the New Testament and you'll find a ton of them. That's your assignment. According to God's Word, He's commanded us and He has instructed us to honor our father and mother. To honor your wife and treat her with kindness. To honor your husband and submit to his authority. To remain faithful to your spouse. To train up your children in the ways of the Lord. To get rid of bitterness, rage, anger, jealousy, envy, harsh words, slander, and all types of evil behaviors. Instead, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as Christ has forgiven you. Let there be no sexual immorality, impurity, or greed among you. Such... Sins 
have no place among God's people. Obscene stories, foolish talk, and coarse jokes are not for you. Control your tongue. Use it to build people up and to express gratitude to God rather than to tear people down. Imitate God in everything you do. Live a life that is filled with love, following the example of Christ. Let your conversations be gracious and attractive. Carefully determine what pleases the Lord and expose worthless and evil deeds. Here's a tough one. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out for only your own interests, but take an interest in in others as well. Treat others the way you want to be treated. That's known as the golden rule. Do unto others, here's the King James Version, whatsoever ye would that men would do to you, do ye even so to them. In other words, however you want to be treated, that's the way you treat other people. I know some of you are like, what was that? But... You don't, well, well, they don't treat me that way. That's not what the Bible teaches us. Are y'all hearing me this morning? I'm just, I'm talking about experiencing freedom and following and obeying God's commands. His command doesn't say, okay, well, whatever he did to you, you, you're, you're good to do that back to him. No, it says treat others the way you want to be treated. Do, here's another tough one. Do everything without complaining and arguing. Some of you were complaining about having to get up and go to church this morning. Well, crud, it's my week to serve security. It's my week to work check. Come on, I, who's working security today? I'm not talking about whoever that is, but yeah, this, is, this, is how, this is how we do. Come on, I'm guilty. I'm not perfect. There's been times it's like, man, I really want to go, but <sighs> Pastor Renee put me on the schedule. I better show up. Do everything. Everybody say Everything. Everything without complaining and arguing so that no one can criticize you. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. Make allowance for one another's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. How many of you are still walking in obedience to the Word of God? Look at this one. We actually have this on the screen. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 9 says this, Don't repay evil for evil. Don't retaliate with insults when people insult, insult you. Instead, pay them back with a blessing. That is what God has called you to do. Watch this, talking about provisions, follow obedience, and He will grant you His blessing. Now, Don't miss the point this morning. The point is not that Christianity is about following a set of rules. That is not the point. It's not about do's and don'ts that we're supposed to do or we're either supposed to not do. And and doing those things don't make us right with God. Okay? Because we're not saved by, by works. But those things are evidence that we have been saved. That those things don't save us. Doing these things the Bible instructs us to do or don't doing the things the Bible instructs us uh, not to do, those things don't save us. Watch this. But they're evidence that we have been saved. 
I'm going to say that again. They don't save us. But those things, those good works, those obedience, uh, to the obedience to the commands of the Lord, th- those are evidence that we have been saved. Look at Philippians chapter 2. This is my last verse, and I'm going to close with this. Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 through 13. Watch this. Work hard to show what? The results of your salvation. Okay, well, how do we do that? How do we show results that we've been saved? Obeying God with deep reverence and fear. Now watch that. He's talking to the believer. He's writing to the church of Philippi here. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases Him. Watch this. Just keep that on the screen for just a moment. This, this last sentence really spoke to me this week. I'm, I promise you, I'm not trying to be judgmental. I, I'm, just, I'm just trying to give you the Word of God at face value. What he's saying here is that if you're really saved, then God is at work in you. And He's given you a desire and the power to do what pleases Him. Now hear me on this. And you, you can judge me if you want. You can say, well, that's heresy or whatever. That, that's, that's fine. Okay? But if you don't at least have a desire to do what the Bible says, you need to question whether or not you're even saved. If, if you read the Word of God and your first response is to argue against that or to ignore it or say, well, no, that doesn't apply to me. I'm under grace. You need to question your salvation. Because if you are truly born again, then God is working inside of you. And even if you're not quite doing those things yet, even if you're not quite walking in obedience yet, at least He has given you the desire to do those things. I tell people all this, and I know they, I get labeled, uh, whatever, I get labeled, you know, uh, or you're just too religious. Well, the Bible says that Jesus is full of grace and truth. There's a balance. It can't be all grace and no truth, and it can't be all truth without grace. In other words, here's the truth. Yes, we're going to make mistakes, but that grace that God gives us is not a license to sin. It's the power to overcome sin. People say all the time, you know, whatever that it is. Well, I just, I just don't feel convicted when I go out to the clubs and drink. And I'm, I'm not here to say that I'm just, this is just an example, okay? Well, I just, I just don't feel convicted. Well, I just don't feel convicted for, you know, for watching certain adult-rated films. Let me tell you why you don't feel convicted, okay? It's because the Holy Spirit's not inside of you. Ouch, I said it. It's a, you can do with it what you want. But if the Holy Spirit's truly in you, then He's working inside of you and He's given you a desire to do what pleases the Lord. And if there's no desire there, then the Holy Spirit's not inside of you working. So I said all that this morning to say this. Everyone today claims to be a Christian. I mean, the majority of people claim to be Christian. That's why I said I am very concerned about the state of Christianity today. Because everyone just makes this claim and it's just a name. It's just a name that they associate with. But they don't know what that means. To them, being a Christian is someone who, oh, I love the Lord. I believe in the Lord. But belief is to act 
on what you hear. To believe in Jesus is to act on what he's taught you to do. You can't just say you believe and not obey his word. You can't just say that I'm a Christian and have no desire to obey his commands. Now, here's here's the challenging part. There's going to be times when we read the Word of God and and there's going to be things that we're not doing that the Bible says to do. Or there's going to be times to where we're doing things that the Bible says to abstain from. And it's going to be difficult to just stop. That's when you ask the Holy Spirit to help you. That's when you pray. When you read things about maybe you're holding a grudge against someone and you read what I just read about Make allowance for one another's faults and forgive anyone who has wronged you. Don't hold grudges. Get rid of anger and jealousy and bitterness. When you read that and you know you're holding a grudge, you don't rip that page out of your Bible. You don't ignore it and walk away. You ask the Lord, God, I need help in this area. Because I, I, you know I am majorly holding a grudge against this person. God, they have done me wrong. And this is not a message on forgiveness. I mean, we could spend hours on forgiveness. When you forgive someone, that's not saying that what they've done to you is okay. Forgiveness is for you so you can get healing, so that you can unclog the filter of your heart so God's Spirit can work inside of you and bring life and and abundant life and experience the freedoms that God has for you. So when you see something in the Word that you're not doing, you need to pray, Holy Spirit, help me. Help me walk this out. Because obeying His commands is the key to experiencing freedom. You want to experience freedom? You need to learn to walk in His commands. You need to learn to walk in obedience. If you want to have an awesome walk with God, do what His Word says to do. Physically, if you want to get healthy, you can start walking. Spiritually, if you want to get healthy, start walking in obedience. Amen? Let me pray over you this morning and then... And then we're going to um, have prayer over uh, someone specific this morning. But, but let me pray. And as I pray this morning, just, I just want you to examine your hearts. And this is your time alone with God. And if there's things that you know that you're doing that are contrary to the Word of God, even right now, well, well His presence is in this room. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you overcome this. Ask Him to help you walk in disciplines in your life. Father, right now we come before You and we... We thank you, Lord, that you're a God who who is looking out for our best interests. First of all, you sent your one and only Son to save us so that we don't have to spend eternity in a place called hell, but we can be reconciled to you and spend eternity with, with you. God, secondly, not only did you send your Son to save us eternally, God, but you sent your Son also to give us an abundant life. You have called us out to be the light in a dark world, to be the salt in a world that needs to be preserved, in a world that needs needs, um, hope. Lord, forgive us for compromising Your Word. Forgive us for mixing our standards with Your standards. Lord, I pray that today as we're learning about our Christian walk, as we're learning about our journey to freedom, that we would be people who walk in obedience to Your commands that we would not be status quo Christians who say, yeah, I'm a Christian, but we don't even know how to explain what that means. God, help us to be doers of the Word of God. 
Not just hearers only, but doers of the Word of God. Lord, help actions accompany our faith. Lord, that people would know us by our fruit, that they would see that we're difference makers. God, if there's anyone in this room today who does not know You, who is not walking in the freedom that You've called them to walk in, I pray that before this day is over, before this service is over, Lord, that they would truly repent. Repentance is to make a 180 degree shift to stop doing what they're doing and turn and walk towards You today, God. Help them to cry out to You for forgiveness and to be saved today. Let us be a church that always teaches the truth without compromise. Let us be, Lord, a church that always takes a firm stand on what the Bible clearly says is right and clearly says is wrong. And we thank You for what's going to come about because we know that provision follows obedience and we're, we're looking forward to the blessings of the Lord. And we give You praise today in Jesus' name. Amen.